This is the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Welcome to Simple Blessings and Oils. This is your host, Amanda Phila. I'm a crunchy mom who loves God, my family, essential oils, and simple ways to healthier living. Hello and welcome to Simple Blessings and Oils Podcast. This is podcast number 31, and today we are going to continue about oils of the ancient scriptures. So last time we talked about why oils were mentioned or when they were mentioned, about anointing and how important that was. And today I wanted to go through 12 oils that are mentioned in the Bible, what they were used for, and then what we currently use them for. And thank you so much for bearing with me because part two took a little longer than I planned on just with the holidays and everything. So I hope you enjoy this and I hope you had a blessed Christmas and that you're going to have a blessed new year. So one of the first oils that I want to talk about is frankincense and frankincense is one of my all-time favorite essential oils and it's probably the most spiritual oil in the world. Um, Frankincense has been used in religious ceremonies for thousands of years. This oil is actually extracted from the Boswell tree. The tree needs to be 40 years old as well before Um, you can extract one drop of oil from it. In biblical times, when we look back, 40 years was a very significant number. It usually symbolized one generation. It also, the Boswell tree, also grows in some of the toughest conditions. If you look at pictures of frankincense trees, they're usually in really dry soil, very rocky, and so they grow in conditions where a lot of times trees don't typically grow. Um, Egyptians actually considered frankincense frankincense to be a cure-all oil. And so some of the ancient uses for frankincense, um, it was a holy anointing oil. It enhanced meditation. It was used transitioning a person from or into death. Like So if somebody was dying, they would use it to bless them. It was also used in embalming. They used it in perfumes. They used it to anoint newborns, um, usually the sons of priests and kings. But it was one, an oil that I used since we've gotten into essential oils. It was one I used for each one of the babies that I've had since we've gotten into oils because it's amazing for your immune system. And I always would say, well, if Jesus got it, then my baby should get it too. So anyway, um, but they would anoint newborns, typically the sons of priests and kings. And that was one of the reasons that it was brought to Jesus' birth, birth is because he was the king of kings. And so the three wise men brought him frankincense. Um, today, one of the ways that I like to use it is I like to use it on the chest and over the lungs. If you have um, something going on there that t- that's just not going away, this is a great oil to grab for. And it has a very calming effect. You can breathe it in deep for emotional support. That's typically how I use it. I um, carry frankincense in my pocket a lot of the time. Just because with having eight kids and running in all the different directions and just managing a household, homeschooling, there's days where I feel totally scattered and frankincense is one that helps me um, emotionally kind of bring things into perspective. I also love to use it during prayer. This is a valuable ingredient in a lot of skincare products. If you want your skin to look youthful and um, it's just really good for your skin. Uh, This one is also, like I said, I use it during prayer. So I will diffuse this one um, in the mornings when I am able to get up before my little ones. Or even if the little ones are up with me, I'll throw frankincense in the diffuser. And um, it's when I will pray 
Um, usually I grab my rosary or I will do my like morning meditation, depending upon what I'm currently reading. Um, it was one of the most frequently mentioned oil healing oils of the Bible. It's directly named 22 times, but we also see 54 references to holy incense, which when we talked about it earlier, frankincense is, frankincense is in that recipe. Um, it The name itself is the word incense translated in Greek and Hebrew. So frankincense is translated as incense in um, Greek and Hebrew. And... Like I said, we've already talked about when it was mentioned um, in the Holy Anointing recipe. And it was also mentioned in Matthew um, chapter 2, verse 11. And this is where, on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And it's also one of the last oils mentioned in the Bible. If we look at Revelations, uh, chapter 18, verse 13, um, it talks about cinnamon, spices, incense, myrrh, and frankincense. And then it goes on with wine, olive oil, fine flour, and wheat, cattle and sheep, horses and chariots, and slaves. That is human. And so that right there, it was just mentioned as one of the last oils in the Bible. The next oil that I want to mention is myrrh. And myrrh is actually from the frankincense family as well. It's steam distilled from a resin. It is mentioned in one of the oldest known medical records from an ancient Egyptian list of known prescription medical or ancient Egyptian list of prescriptions and recipes. It was also listed in Hildegard's Medicine, a book written by a highly regarded herbalist, and it contains um, sesquipedines, which is a word I fail to say very frequently, um, which stimulate emotions and oxygenate the brain. So in ancient uses, it was a fixative to prolong the fragrances of perfumes and ointments. So it helped that the good smells stick longer. It was also used on umbilical cords for oral hygiene. It was used during labor. And then today, we use it in some of the very similar, um, very similar ways. It's a very powerful antioxidant. It's healthy for the skin. If you... Um, it's a good one to apply to like cracked lips, fatigued skin, and it's really good for meditation, just like frankincense is. And um, I use it on my newborns um, on their umbilical cord. I also use it in a lot of my skin recipes, just because it's really good. I use it in my my um, baby butt spray. It is really good. I put a little lavender, tea tree, and myrrh in there, and then fractionated coconut oil, and I spray that on bottoms instead of having to wipe a salve on. It's one of those quick, easy things to use. So some, um, it is the first oil that was mentioned in the Bible in Genesis chapter 37, verse 25, in the story of Joseph. And so in there it says, Then they sat down to eat. Looking up, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead, their camels laden with gum, balm, resin, and myrrh to be taken down to Egypt. So, like I said, one of the first ones mentioned in the Bible. It was also mentioned in Esther. And I really like the story about Esther because, well, I love the story of Esther anyway, but myrrh makes a big appearance in the book of Esther because it was used to um, prepare Esther as to be the bride of the king. And so Esther what used it to or massage the oil of myrrh on her for six months. And so when we look at Esther chapter two, verse 12, um, it talks about after the 12 months of preparation decreed for the woman, 
for the woman. Each one went in turn to visit King Arias. During this period of beauty mint treatment, six months were spent with the oil of myrrh and six months were spent with perfumes and cosmetics. So um, when we talk about myrrh and it being for emotional um, support as well, Esther was an orphan and perhaps this was preparing herself with she was preparing herself with this oil to heal from some of the emotional wounds that she got had gotten before she got married. So I just thought that was a really a really neat neat oil to be used just because of the emotional effects. And of course, myrrh is mentioned again in Matthew um, when they brought the gifts to him. And then beings they brought these gifts to him, Mary was a new mom, so using the oil of myrrh for emotional support would have been very beneficial. And been really good for the umbilical cord because Jesus was a newborn. Um, the next oil is cedarwood, and cedarwood is steam distilled from the bark of the cedarwood trees. It has a very woodsy, warm aroma. It's one that we use commonly for um, sleep, and it's really good for your hair, but it's from the pine family. Uh, it's steam distilled from the bark to get the oil. Egyptians use this oil to embalm the dead, and it was used tradi in traditional medicine and incense in Tibet. It also has the highest in sesquerpatines at a whopping 98%, and it stimulates positive emotions. So this was something I didn't realize until I started getting to the oils of the Bible, as how beneficial cedar wood is on a multitude of planes. So in ancient uses, it was used for spiritual cleansing. It disinfected the temple instruments. Um, it was used in cosmetic or for skin issues. It was used to stimulate the mind in emotional cleansing. Mm -hmm. And it was used with a very various medicines and embalming. And um, today, we use it for calming and grounding. It helps to support um, healthy men our skin, stimulates calming and peaceful emotions. And it's great to diffuse before bedtime or big events just to calm your mind. Now, this has had the opposite effect on some people's kids. And you have to know your, your child. Um, but I know my sister was one of them. She had used cedarwood and lavender to get her kids to calm down. And she said every time she would put cedarwood in there, they would actually, it would stimulate them. Well, it is very stimulating to the mind. Um, and so you just kind of have to play with it. But a lot of people use cedarwood to calm and to go to sleep. So they always say that we're all snowflakes. Everybody's a little bit different. So just... Um, just to be mindful of that, something can be stimulating to you, but very calming to the person next to you. And maybe it's not stimulating as like making you want to run around the house or anything, but stimulating your mind to be thinking more versus calming it down. So just one of those things to, to keep in mind. Um, Cedarwood is mentioned in the Bible 25 times and in eight different books of the Bible. A couple of verses that you can check out are Leviticus uh, chapter 14, verse 49. Um, to purify the house, he shall take two birds as well as cedar wood, scarlet yarn, and hyssop. And then again in Psalms chapter 104, verse 16, the trees of the Lord drink their fill, the cedars of Lebanon, which you planted. So a couple of verses there for you to check out. The next oil is cypress. And cypress is a great oil for a lot of reasons, but it's also mentioned in the Bible. Cypress leaves and branches were a source of medicinal oil from ancient Egypt. You can almost tell by smelling the oil how powerful it can be, um, whether it's cleansing, clearing, or supportive mm -hmm. of the body. So some of the ancient uses of cypress, one use I find to be very 
interesting is that St. Peter's Cathedral, the doors of St. Peter's Cathedral are over 1,200 years old and they're made out of cypress wood. So I think that is pretty cool. And they actually, legend says that the cross of Jesus was actually made of cypress wood as well. And the Greek word for cypress means forever. Um, we use cypress as a herbal, or it has a very herbal, um, piney kind of aroma, and it helps with promoting a sense of security and grounding. It's stabilizing and very helpful for calming angry emotions. It's also beneficial when um, you're applying to like oily or problematic skin and can be very invigorating when applied to tired or sluggish legs. So some of the places that Cypress is mentioned in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 6, verse 14. It says, make yourself an ark of gopher wood. I had to look this up. I'll finish the verse. Equip the ark, Noah's ark, with various compartments and cover it inside and out with pitch. So I had to look this up, but gopher wood is actually cedar wood. I didn't know that, but when I was looking into this, that's what gopher wood is. It's also mentioned in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 8. The very cypresses rejoice over you, the cedars of Lebanon. Now that you are laid to rest, no one comes to cut us down. Um, the next oil is sandalwood. Now, sandalwood smells amazing. There are two versions of sandalwood that you can currently get. One is royal Hawaiian sandalwood, and one is sacred sandalwood. The oil that is in, if you're looking to get the kit of oils, the one that is in that kit is sacred sandalwood. They are very, very similar to me. If you smell them and compare them, I feel like the Royal Hawaiian sandalwood has just a little bit of a fruity, like a pineapple type smell, but they are very, very similar. So some of the uses of sandalwood were to su support our lymphatic and cardiovascular system. They're very calming to the nerves. It's very uh, revitalizing to the skin. It's also an aphrodisiac and it was used in prayer and meditation. It was also used in uh, religious, ceremonies, religious ceremonies and used in embalming. It was a treasured aromatic substance back in the day. Um... I love it for grounding personally. Today we use sandalwood for comforting and relaxing. Um, it's, an, it's a beautiful addition to skincare. So um, whether you have it in like your moisturizer or aftershave, really good for that. It's also really good in colognes um, or if you're making your own perfume. Sandalwood is very calming and emotionally balancing and it's good to use for like stress and unwinding, um, which is what I primarily use it for. It is mentioned in the Bible several times. It was actually known as aloe. So when they mentioned aloe, they were actually talking about sandalwood. Um, so when you get the, the kit, it says aloe on the bottle, and then in parentheses it says sacred sandalwood. So some of the places it was mentioned is in Psalms chapter 45, verse 9, with myrrh, aloes, and cassia, your robes are fragrant. From the ivory panel palaces, stringed instruments bring you joy. It's also um, mentioned in John chapter 19, verse 39. It says, Nicodemus, the one who had first come to him at night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes weighing about 100 pounds. And again, the aloes refers to the sandalwood. The next oil that I want to mention is cassia. And this one has, uh, it's steam distilled from the branches, leaves, and uh, pedipoles of the tree. And it has a very 
similar smell, in my opinion, to uh, cinnamon, but it's a little bit more spicy. So some of the ancient uses, it was an ingredient in Moses' holy anointing oil. It is very rich in biblical history, as it's mentioned in one of the oldest known medical records, the Elber's Papyrus, dating from the 16th century BC. Historically, it was used for... Um, a natural remedy to support healthy immunity. So this is a good one for our immune system. Today we use it uh, also for supporting feelings of well-being. Some like to use it as a perfume with that spicy mix. It has a very high um, antioxidant level. And because it is a hot or spicier oil, I always recommend using it with a carrier oil. And cassia is mentioned in the Bible over 50 times. And it's included in the holy anointing recipe from Exodus. So we see it in Exodus chapter 30, verse 24, where they give the recipe. And then we also see it in Psalms 40, uh, chapter 45, verse 8, which we had already talked about, where it's mentioned with myrrh and sandalwood, and in a plethora of other areas. So... I just like the smell of it. I think it smells very similar to cinnamon, but it's a little mentioned a few more times in the Bible than cinnamon. Uh, the next oil that I want to mention is, or talk about is spikenard. And spikenard is one that you can no longer get. It used to come in a set of 12 oils, but because of some of the species of oils now becoming more extinct, spikenard is one that you can't get. But spikenard happens to be one of my favorite. So spikenard is a very spiritual oil, and it comes from the same plant family as valerian. Some of the ancient uses for it is that it was, um, it's been used in Egypt and by priests and kings as an anointing oil and included in, or in, helps to induce meditation. So it's just very calming to the mind. It was very expensive, and only people of high ranking had it. So I find that very interesting because... Um, it's mentioned in the Bible a few times, but one of the places that it's mentioned in the Bible most famously was uh, John chapter 12, verses th verse 3. And it talks about Mary Magdalene. And Mary Magdalene took a liter of costly perfume oil made from genuine aromatic spikenard and anointed the feet of Jesus and dried them with her hair. The house was filled with fragrance of the oil. And so the reason I find that interesting is that people of high rank or that had money had this. And so they looked at her like she was crazy, but it was the gesture that she was giving. Like she was kind of just the, I don't know. Every time I think about that story or I think about Spike Nard, it like moves me spiritually, just thinking of, of what that would have been in that that in that time and place, what she was doing, the significance of what she was doing, washing his feet with her hair and using this costly, expensive oil on his feet. So I just think it's really cool. <laughs> um, it was also regarded in India as a perfume. It support. It was a very um, health-supporting herb and a very good skin tonic. Today we use spikenard, if you can get it, um, as a healthy supporting herb as well. It's very soothing to the skin. It supports relaxation. It has a very calming scent. It's high in antioxidants and it helps with calming and soothing emotions. It's a great skin supporting oil and can be, like I said, used as a perfume. It's mentioned in the Bible about 17 times. Like I said earlier, it's mentioned when um, she, Mary Magdalene washes her 
washes Jesus's feet with her hair using that oil. It's also mentioned in Song of Songs, verse 1, chapter 12. While the king was upon his couch, my spikenard gave forth its fragrance. And then again in Song of Songs, chapter 4, verse 13. Your branches are a grove of pomegranates with fruits of choicest yield, henna with spikenard. So just a few mentions of it. The next oil is hyssop. And hyssop always, I always think of hyssop when I think of throwing up. Hyssop is an essential oil that can induce vomiting. And it's one that you typically don't use while pregnant. Um, So hyssop means holy herb in Hebrew. It has a very earthy, woodsy aroma. And it with a little bit of sweetness to it. I don't know how exactly to explain it, but it was very popular during biblical times known for cleansing, and it's actually steam distilled from the stems and the leaves of the plant. Ancient uses for this oil were spiritual cleansing. It was used to cleanse, purify it, and even quote-unquote forgive sins. Now, when I say that, I don't actually mean it, but I will explain what I mean by that when I give you the verse here. Um, Some of the modern uses is very supportive of our immune system. So, and it can help with like body aches and things like that to support healthy, healthy body systems. And it's great for overall emotional health. So hyssop is mentioned, oh, about a dozen times or so in the Bible. And what I mean by cleansing people of their sins, if we look at Psalms chapter 51, verse nine, it says Cleanse me with hyssop that I may be pure. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. And this comes after David had committed adultery. So he was using this as a way to anoint himself and in a way like forgive himself, quote unquote, of his sins that he had committed. Um, but we all know that Jesus came and that's that's the whole real forgiveness. But in that place and time, it was used as a way to cleanse themselves. It's also um, used in Exodus chapter 12, verse 22. It says, then take a bunch of hyssop and dipping it in the blood that is in the basin, apply them, apply some of this blood to the lintel and the two doorposts and none of you shall go outdoors until morning. So this was a protective oil um, during Passover that they used. They actually were using the hyssop branches to apply the blood to the doorpost to protect themselves. The next oil is myrtle, and myrtle is derived from the Latin word meaning chaste beauty. It is steam distilled from the leaves and has a very clear, fresh scent, similar to eucalyptus. Um, Some of the ancient uses of myrtle, uh, they used it in religious ceremonies. It was used uh, as in purifying from like uncleanliness back in the uncleanliness back in the day. Uh, Myrtle oil supports our respiratory system, skin, hair, nails. it has been researched for its effect on the glandular imbalances, including in the uh, included in the or clu- including the thyroid. It has also has very has been known to be very helpful during times of meditation or to lift the spirit. Um, it's also very high in antioxidants and it balances the female and male energies. So there, this oil is actually very much used by uh, singers. Singers love this oil because it helps to clear the voice. So if you've ever had that uh, feeling in your throat, myrtle would be a good oil to grab for. It's mentioned in the Bible six times. Um, It's mentioned in Esther chapter 2 verse 7. 
where Esther is referred to as Hadassin, which is the herbal name for myrtle. It's also um, mentioned in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 15. And it says there, and that they should have been have this proclamation made throughout their cities and in Jerusalem. Go out into the hill country and bring in branches of olive, oleaster, myrtle, palm, and other trees in leaf to make booths as it is written. So just a few mentions of that. And then also in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 13, in palaces of thorn bushes, the cypress um, shall grow instead of nettles and the myrrh, this shall be to the Lord's renown as an everlasting sign that that shall not fail. So just a couple places that you can see um, where myrtle is mentioned. The next oil is cystus. Cystus has a very floral, almost rose-like smell, and it's also known as the Rose of Sharon. So this is found in the fertile plains uh, between Jaffa and Mount Carmel in Israel. And some of the ancient uses, it's very uplifting and calming so that it stimulates all five of all five of our senses. Some of the ancient uses for cystus was it was first noticed by the shepherds thousands of years ago. Sheep and goats grazing in the fields would pick up the gum of the cystus plant um, in their coats. And the shepherds noticed that the cuts and scrapes returned to normal quicker when they rubbed their hands in the gum trying to get it out of the coats. So historically, it was also used for respiratory support as well as um, for healing. Some of the modern uses we have for cystus essential oil is it's a very spiritual oil. So it's been used for centuries in meditation and it opens up the third eye and oxygenates the brain. It's very calming yet uplifting. It is helpful for finding emotional balance and it's really good for people who are in counseling. It has a very high and it's also very supportive of our immune system because it has very high antioxidant level. Um, it's mentioned, one of the places it's mentioned is Song of Songs, verse two, or chapter two, verse one. I am the flower of Sharon, a lily of the valley. So Cystus, like I said, is also known as the Rose of Sharon. So Anika essential oil means, or Anika, Anika means nail, claw, hoof, or also onyx, which is a precious stone. So some people say that Anika was named perhaps Anika, so that it wasn't confused with onyx, which was a stone. Um, this is actually like a gum resin that has been used. Uh, when it's mixed with alcohol, it is referred to as a tincture of benzoin. Benzoin tincture was used for over 200 years in hospitals prior to World War II as an antiseptic, and it's historically was used for respiratory support. It is, um, has kind of a spicy, hot aroma, and it's very soothing and calming. Annika has a wonderful aroma of vanilla because it contains vanilla aldehyde, and it's also found in the vanilla plant. It is steam distilled from the resin of the tree. So Annika essential oil was known as a cleanser, which is why it was part of the holy anointing recipe. It made sure that the area for sacrifices was free of disease, and it cleansed and purified that area before the next sacrifice. Today we use Annika um, to cleanse and purify our spirit, like as a way of blessing ourselves. It is also um, helps to promote feelings of liberation and freedom. It's very 
calming for the emotions. It's great for wound cleansing, and um, it's very supportive of healthy-looking skin. It also stimulates the five senses, um, our five senses of touch, feeling, hearing, sight, and taste, and it helps people, um, codependents, find more balance. Benzoin is a warm oil that may support emotional emotions and blistering chapped and weathered skin. Um, it's available only in the oils of the ancient scriptures, and it is actually recommended that you do not diffuse it because it can pl plug up your diffuser. So this would be one that you would either apply with a carrier oil or just apply topically to the skin. Um, this plant shows up in Exodus chapter 30, verse 34, in the ingredients of the sacred incense or the sacred holy anointing oil. Last but not least, I want to mention Gollum Balm. I could actually turn this into a couple of classes because I could go in more depth in some of these, but I wanted to get through all 12 of them. So Galbanum is not an oil that you can currently get um, due to sourcing issues. And so it's not in, this one and spikenard are not in the ancient oils of, or yeah, ancient oils of the scripture collection, but I wanted to mention it. So Galbanum is an essential oil from the anointing, um, it's, it is in the holy anointing oil recipe, in the recipe. And it was commonly combined with frankincense as holy incense. Spiritually, it was used to enhance meditation by the ancient Egyptians and by Moses and Christ. Holy incense was to be burned 24 hours a day in the temple. One of the most interesting things to note about this particular oil is the fact that it significantly increases the vibrational frequency of other oils. So despite that the actual frequency of the oil, so galbanum itself, has a frequency of 56, which is not very high, when it is combined with other oils like frankincense or sandalwood, the frequency rises dramatically. So that is what I find to be so fascinating with galbanum. Um, today, if you can get your hands on galbanum, it supports our immune system, digestive, respiratory, circulatory, and other body systems. It is also useful as an aid for troubled or matured skin. Galbanum has an earthy aroma. It is called a sacrificial fragrance that allows for the shedding of old ideas and attitudes, and its odor helps in seeing the path ahead. It is very grounding, yet leads us to surrendering to God. So I just think that it's really cool because the only time that this plant shows up is in Exodus chapter 30, verse 34, as an ingredient in the sacred incense recipe. So why was this lowly, um, earthy oil included in the holy anointing recipe? Some people believe it represents the sinners who need redemption, it, that it balanced the blend of oils, and also to note that it helped raise the frequency. So who knows, by adding that to that holy anointing recipe, you are increasing the vibrational frequency of those other oils, making it even more um, powerful when it came to anointing people. <sighs> so that uh, those are the 12 oils of the ancient scriptures. There are some other oils possibly mentioned throughout the Bible. These are the 12 that were initially in the 12 oils of the Bible. Now there's only 10, so spikenard and galbanum are not in there. But I just think it's so cool that we have these oils that have been mentioned in scriptures. And I, I seriously think you could almost do a whole Bible study on these oils. So I encourage you to dig a little deeper, but I wanted to just share with you the oils, what we can use them for now, what they were used for, and then um, 
how maybe you would like to use them. So you can definitely grab your own essential oil kit. Now some of these oils you can only get in the ancient oils kit. You can't get them individually. So if you're going to if you're wanting to get them, it's the best deal anyway to get them that way and I'll paste uh, post a link for them um, on the show notes for this. As always, thank you for listening. This was podcast number, or this is podcast number 31. As always, be grateful and have faith and God bless. Happy New Year. Thank you for tuning in to Simple Blessings and Oils. Visit me at simpleblessingsandoils.com or on Facebook at Simple Blessings and Oils. Simple Blessings and Oils is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network.